1996 Berkeley alumnus Ray Green was selected as one of two lead vocalists to join Carlos Santana's group this year, following a productive two-year run singing lead with Tower of Power. Ray, who is also an accomplished trombonist, recently joined me in this episode of Life After Berkeley to talk about his experience working with acts like Santana, Aretha Franklin, and Journey, as well as his own Boston-based group, Inner Visions. Ray Green, 1996 alumnus. Thanks so much for coming back to Berkeley. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you for having me back. A lot has happened the past couple years. Yes. Do you yes. want to start off uh, sharing how you landed your latest gig with uh, Santana? Sure. Um, I don't remember if we ever talked about the first gig, um, the whole Tower of Power thing or not. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, it's been, a, uh, it's been a whirlwind for sure. Um, getting the Tower of Power gig two years ago and then uh, being asked to join Carlos Santana well, back in February of, uh, of this year. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's just one of the ways where the whole social media thing definitely works. Um, I got a got a got um, an inbox on my Facebook page from Carlos's manager and uh, I was uh, in Europe at the time with Tower of Power, believe it or not. Uh, we were on tour over there, and um, and I got I got a message, and he was asking uh, if he could have a word with me about uh, a possible recording project with Carlos, and uh, so I hit him back, and I told him that uh, you know I'm away right now, but as soon as I get back to the states, we can definitely talk, and I reach out to you, and so I got back within a week or so, I think it was, and I reached out to him, and. Um, and he said, yeah, we're, we're looking to maybe change the energy a little bit with Carlos. Um, so we really want to talk to you about joining the group. So they had probably been, been scouting me, I guess, from shows that we did in the Bay Area. And I think they may have seen some YouTube clips or something. So uh, that's kind of what was the, the genesis of how it all came about. You know, that's how it started. And then from, from there, I went and met Carlos and met the guys. And uh, here we are four months later, you know. My first uh, my first tour with him was going to Dubai, <laughs> which I'd never been to before, so that was pretty crazy. And uh, I think we went to Bangkok and uh, a couple of shows in in, uh, in Maui and Hawaii and everything. So it's been a uh, it's been a whirlwind, you know. As I said, going from from T.O.P., which is a legendary group, to Santana, which is another legendary group. So, and uh, what was it like to prepare for that tour? Uh, it seems like a fairly short preparation yeah the time. prep time wasn't it wasn't a lot of prep time at all um it you know it's it's, it's cool because there, there's another singer in the band so um the way santana does his performances he does it with two lead singers and um the other guy andy andy vargas has been with carlos for for a few years now and so he's been a, a great help for me as far as being able to acclimate to the gig and and, and find my spots, if you will. But uh, yeah, I had to do some preparation on my own as well. Um, it was funny because when I first met them, um, they were they were at a residency in Vegas. So um, I flew out to Vegas to meet the band and to meet Carlos, as I said. And uh, they they had wanted me to have a few songs prepared, you know, three four songs prepared, so that they could at least hear me in person. And so when I got there, it was a, I think it was a Wednesday. I flew in and um, went to the sound check, and, and um, we sang through a couple of things. And they said, you know what? Why don't we just have you start performing with us tonight? They had a show that night, so 
I flew in, met the band that day, and was on stage at the House of Blues at Mandalay Vegas uh, in yeah Mandalay Bay in Vegas that night. So, uh, he, you know that's how he moves though. You know he gets an inspiration and he likes to move on it immediately. So, so I've been really preparing as pretty much as we go. As I said, you know a lot of the hits, you know all of the big songs that he's had over the years. So uh, it was just a matter of learning the arrangements and you know, how they do different things live and that sort of thing. And as I said, finding my mark on the stage, you know, so. Yeah, and uh, and first gig was in Dubai. Uh, what was that first experience time. like? It, I, I, it was phenomenal. As I said, I'd never been to Dubai before and uh, just a beautiful setting over there. And we're playing for the, uh, the Emirates Jazz Festival there. <clears throat> and, uh, and yeah, it, it, it was phenomenal. You know, your first tour and, and you're flying to Dubai with Carlos Santana, so it's pretty, it's pretty cool, you know. So it was a great, great trip. Yeah. And does he does he still drum with his wife, another alumna, Cindy Blackman? Cindy, yeah. yep. And and she's killer. Um, the fans love her. You know, she's um, she's this little person back there, and she's got this big, huge sound. You know, um, so she's playing drums on on the show. Yeah, she takes these big drum solos and. Uh, and the fans just they just love her. Don't can't escape the Berkeley family. Can't get away, man. <laughs> you just cannot get away from Berkeley. We're everywhere. <laughs> so it's uh, so it's a good thing, you know. But Berkeley has a a wide reach all over the world, you know. So so it's 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 good. It's good to be to have come here and and sort of made my mark here and got my start here and everything. And now I'm able to go out and. You know, do what I love to do and meet other people doing the same thing who were also from me. And uh, you're still based out of Boston, uh, yeah. still playing with uh, Intervision? I am, yep. My group Intervisions, um, you know, when I was with Tower, we were out so much. We are out 200 days out of the year. So it made it difficult to do, you know, other side things, which was fine. You know, I, I loved my time there. Um, but with my schedule with Carlos, he doesn't work as much. He works just about half as much, a little over half as much. So it allows me and it frees me up to do different things now. So when I'm around here now, when I'm back home, I get a chance to play with my guys in Visions and, and some of my other favorite musicians here in town. And, uh, and I know you're coming to the uh, Encore Gala back to Berkeley this October. It's going to be cool, man. I, I was here, uh, I think it was last year, I believe it was, right. um, with the um, Tower Power Ensemble here at the school. But uh, they asked me to come and, uh, and, and do the headlining thing this year. So that's going to be really cool. I'm making my band bigger, so we're gonna come in with like ten pieces with horns and percussion and all that stuff. So it's gonna be great, a lot of fun. That's great. Incorporating any Santana? And yeah. Absolutely, man. Absolutely, we'll do a little Santana, do a little Tower of Power yeah. as well. You know. Yeah. And you had a, a connection with Journey, as I recall, too, at some point. It uh, was crazy. Um, when uh, during the Tower of Power years, um, we did a tour with Journey. Actually, my first year with T.O.P. Um, we did a, a tour with Journey. We're opening up for them, and um, and and Steve Miller was on that bill as well. And uh, we did a show in the Bay Area, out in uh, San Francisco, and um, I got a chance to actually sing one of my all-time favorite songs, which is "Faithfully" by Journey. But I got a chance to sing it with Journey, so uh, that was pretty pretty special. Um, I got a chance to meet Arnell and, you know, with us touring together, he and I would you know, share moments and get a chance to talk. And uh, he invited me to, to come in and, and sing with, with the group on one of the shows out in the, out in the Bay Area. So 
real thrill. So he and I kind of shared the shared that song, and I got a chance to do it. My daughter, who was there with me, my oldest daughter, she kind of freaked out because she was so excited, you know. And she helped to actually make it happen because she's she's a go getter, so she made it, you know, sort of move things along. Because I never would have asked, but she was like, "Dad, you have to ask." So she asked for me, and so I ended up on stage with Journey singing faithfully. And I understand you you were a trombone principal, mm-hmm. trombone uh, major. Very interesting, uh, being a, a primarily a vocalist at this point. Um, right. I know right. you got to play a little trombone in T.O.P. Absolutely, a thrill, great. man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I came up um, as a trombone major, like you said, and um, I was always just content to be behind my horn, playing my horn, because there were so many phenomenal singers here when I was here. Um, you know, Marlon Sanders was here. Um, um, David Whitworth, who's now with Earth, Wind & Fire, was here. Um, Charles Pettigrew was here at the time. So there were a lot of great singers. And I was content, man. I was I was great just playing my horn, playing my little horn lines in the background. But um, my dad was a, or is a singer down home, was a, was a gospel singer down home. So I, I think that that part of my musicality was always there, that whole thing about, you know, being able to really connect with the audience and, 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 and singing these songs and being able to emote and all these sorts of things. Um, so, so I've always sort of had the vocal thing in the back of my, in the back of my mind, not knowing if I really want to ever pursue it because I love the trombone as well. But, um, but we started a band here at school, here at Berkeley. Um, with, there was a group of us that started this group, uh, started this band, and it was a horn band. And so we had a trombonist in the band. Um, so they asked me to audition as a singer. And to this day, I still don't even know how they, how they figured that I had these aspirations to want to sing or anything. I don't know. But um, once I started singing, man, and, and got a chance to be in front of an audience and, and, and see the reaction, and I was hooked, man, at that point, you know. But I never wanted to just stop playing the horn. So, so it became this sort of thing where there's nothing that says you can't do both. So I would sing, and then whenever there were horn lines, I'd pick up my horn, and I'd play with the horn section and go back to singing. So... Um, there was once when I had stopped playing the horn though, because I was really into the vocal thing. <clears throat> and so I had put the horn aside for for a spell and uh, I got a call that uh, Rick James wanted to go on tour from a buddy of mine uh, who was in the in Rick James band and he wanted to take a three horn section with him. And so my buddy asked me if I wanted to come play trombone in the section. I was like, absolutely. So. I was scrambling though because I hadn't played, so I was doing my long tones and my warm ups and, and all this sort of thing. So I was able to get it back and I went on tour with Rick James as a horn player. So I said, well, after that, I'll never put the horn away again. So I always, whatever gig I'm on now, I'm always playing. And getting a chance to, to play in the horn section with Tower was just, that was mind blowing. We did, um, I was working on the studio stuff with them. They have a record coming out probably in the next year or two. Um, and we had been working on that before I left to get the Santana thing. And um, so I'm, I'm playing on like 26, 27 songs as a trombone player um, with Tower Power Horn section. So that's pretty nice. special. Yeah, that's pretty Legendary. Cool. Yeah.
I imagine there's less trombone in Santana's band. Well, you uh, know, he, he has horns. He did have yeah. horns. Um, he had a, a trumpet and a trombone player already. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I guess I'm thinking the Supernatural era stuff. Had, right, yeah, and, um, and that's when they brought them in, yeah. was, was around then. He's no long, they're no longer with him now, though. He just recently let them go. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there may be some opportunities for me to still play. I, I still take my horn with me on tour. Because you know, oh, I always have it with me, so I'm always practicing. Um, so if the call comes, I'll be ready this time. <laughs> and it might, you know, we'll see. I, I've, I got a chance to play already on some shows. Um, so going forward, now that the, 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 the horn section is no longer with us, we'll sort of have to see how he, how he wants to integrate the, you know, my trombone into the mix. I'm, I'm not really sure yet. But we'll find out. Yeah, he definitely has an open mind. He does. Well. Yeah. yeah, he does. And it's always changing and he's always doing, you know, he, he sees music way differently than, than a lot of people do, which and it's cool, you know. Uh, he, he's not uh, settling. You know, he says it all the time. Uh, he, he never wants to, wants to get bored. So he's always trying different things, you know, let's see how this works, let's see how that works. And, and, uh, and as long as you can be on that same wave, that same wavelength with him as he's going through that, it can be a really cool experience. So, so far, so good. <laughs> yeah, I saw him in the late 90s. It was a very cool concert. Yeah, yeah. The people still love it. I mean, he comes out and, and he's got that energy. He's got that passion with his playing. And you get the yeah. sense that all he wants to do is play. He just loves playing his guitar. Yeah. And very unique tone, guitar mm -hmm. tone as well. And he is on another wavelength. Yeah, it's his that. tone. You know, as yeah. soon as you hear it, you know it's him. And I, I imagine uh, a lot of your studies on trombone inform your vocal delivery, sure. uh, breath control, things like that. No doubt about yeah. it. I always said um, one of the ex one of the um, advantages that I have being a singer is that the whole thing with breath support and breathing and and how to control all that came from me being a horn player, no doubt about it. Um, and, and I approach singing the way a horn player would approach singing. The way of, you know, I, I, always, I always laugh because you hear people talk about, oh, he's just a vocalist, you know, he's just a singer, you know, he's whatever. But uh, I, I look at the gig, not necessarily as just a singer, but the way, you know, the way a saxophonist would approach the gig, or the way a drummer would approach the gig. Being, uh, versatility is important to me. Uh, you know, if you, if you put a, a sheet of music in front of a horn player, regardless of what the style or what the genre is, you know, play this for me. Um, I approach it the same way as a singer. If I'm asked to sing a country song, you know, I'm approaching it not necessarily because, I mean, I live where R&B, soul, gospel, that's, that's where my heart is. But I, I feel it's very important to be able to cross all those different genres, which is where the whole thing with GB was so important for me and helped to shape my, my musicality as well. I did a lot of things before I got into the whole GB scene, but um, that opened me up to being able to expand my repertoire tremendously, you know, getting a chance to sing, you know, Nat Cole and Frank Sinatra, and then having to go and sing a country tune, and then having, so all these different types of things and styles, it just helps to expand you. So as a singer, you know, as a horn player, as a, as a rhythm section player, I've just always felt versatility was very, very important, being able to cross all those different genres like that. Yeah, and your resume certainly uh, points to that. Um, Absolutely, sure. Uh, 
any highlights? I, I see Aretha Franklin, Natalie Cole. I mean, these are yeah. very diverse names, and it sounds like you know you had to tap into that versatility and with every gig. For sure, and and it's funny because the Aretha gig I, it was as a trombonist. I wasn't singing or anything on that. Um, she was contracting musicians in each city that she went to. Um, when she came to, I think we played in Providence. And um, and so I was contracted as a trombone player for that gig. And the same thing with Natalie Cole, but I was singing in the choir for that gig. So, yes, and, and it was a contracted gig as well. So I got a chance to, to do both those things. And then the whole Rick James thing, as I said, was as a trombonist. And then once he found out that I sang as well, I ended up singing background vocals as well as playing trombone with them as well so so yeah versatility is, is very it's, it's key man I think it, it's helped me to um, to be able to make a decent career you know being able to do this because if I as I said I'm, I, I really believe that my my um, my soul in R&B chops is where I really am most comfortable but um, I had to expand that because you know who knows how many gigs there are for just an R&B singer just a soul singer you know, they're out there, but I think because I've been able to cross all these different genres, I've been able to work, you know, probably more so than I would have otherwise. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would change knowing what you know now over the past couple of decades uh, while you were here as a student? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, I don't think so. Um, I think my path is, you know, your path is your path. And so, so I, and I'm not the type of person that really looks back. Um, there's probably times over the years where um, I could have been more proactive in reaching out to, to um, you know, to, to old friends and, and, and old alumni and this sort of thing. But my, my career has turned out great from me just doing what I do, you know. Um, I mean, you had mentioned earlier about, uh, um, you know, people that, that, that you run into contact with and, and that you want to you know, keep those contacts, and th and that's important. That is the one thing that I would say to um, to kids who are graduating today. Definitely keep those contacts active, keep them alive, because you never know. I think for me, I've just uh, you know I've had my I had my circle of friends here at the school, so I've obviously kept in touch with all of them. But there's probably lots of um, acquaintances that I had over the years that I I could have kept better in touch with. And probably haven't. So that would be one area I would probably go back and re-examine if there was anything. But um, and that's what I would definitely suggest to, to kids coming out of the school. Now hold on to those contacts and keep them and and uh, cultivate those as you go forward. Um, but but no, I, I don't have any regrets, none at all. Yeah, I think things have turned out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, from the looks of it, uh, and the importance of social media. That's interesting that. Uh, he landed a gig with Santana through a Facebook message. And but, uh, and the Tower of Power gig, the same thing, because the, the gentleman who reached out to me um, was on, on it was it was through my inbox on Facebook. You know, I, I have, I know that uh, this Tower of Power gig is coming up and I think you'd be great for it. It was, it was uh, through Facebook at the same time. And I don't really consider myself to be social media savvy, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I, I have a fan page on Facebook, and I have an Instagram, and I'm on, I'm on Twitter. Um, but I, 
and I will I will post things that are, that really really mean something. So I'm not constantly on it, but I'll put something out here and there. And I and I know that there are people who follow me who, you know, who are interested in what what, I, what I'm doing. And so and it's the age that we live in now. You have to be in touch like that. So um, and 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 it's and it's fine for me. I I, I don't begrudge it at all. I'm not constantly on it, but I, I I'll put something out. Yeah, just to let people know where I am and what I'm doing. Because I know people are interested. Yeah, yeah in the real world, the connections are definitely still where. So a uh, Tower Power album coming out soon, or er, in, the, in the near future, yes. and then uh, Santana Tour. Mm -hmm. uh, what's next? Uh, more recording? More recording, yes. Um, I'm, and uh, um, Doc, Doc Kupka from Tower Power, the bass player, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the Barry Sax yeah. player, um, he and I just finished a project together. Um, he wrote 12 songs, I think it is, and I sang on, on, the, on the recording. So that's coming out. Um, I'm finishing my own project, um, hopefully it'll be out within the year or so, I hope. And, it's, and as I said, I'm going, just taking it back to my roots, you know, just soul, R&B, and, you know, just keeping it simple, telling stories. <laughs> that's what I like. So a lot of things, just things, you know, just keep them busy. Yeah. And slinging the trombone. Every the trombone with me everywhere I go, every chance I get. Yes. <laughs> That was Life After Berkeley with 1996 alumnus Ray Green. I'm Curtis Killian. To learn more about the great things alumni are doing, check out alumni.berkeley.edu.